0: are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, aka she. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. Welcome to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro and I want to thank you for being here for a segment of Soul silence and sound and today we're gonna dive into the Tao and uh, during this segment you have an opportunity to look inward and to uh, dip into some silence and receive some sound so I really applaud you for being here in this moment it takes courage to look inside And then also observe the reflections in the outside world. So we're also, um, I will do a special full moon meditation uh, this evening. And we'll probably post it tomorrow. So we're on the in-feed of the full moon. Many people have felt it. It happens around 12, 15 or 16 a.m. East Coast standard time in on the North American continent, which would be 9.15-ish uh, tonight on the west coast of the North American content, continent. So depending where you are in the world, uh, it will arrive when it arrives. Uh, the interesting thing about that uh, arrival is that we're also having a lunar eclipse. Uh, in addition, you know, when we have these Uh, Full moons, they are activating us, they're calling us into action. Uh, What I've observed, I guess I'm going to talk about the moon for a moment. Uh, What I've observed in this past week is there's a lot of things being reflected. That's what the the moon does, reflects to us. And if you look back about two weeks ago, uh, kind of recapitulate where you were, what was happening, uh, there was something there for you to look at, examine uh, maybe feed into, uh, grow all those beautiful things. And now we're at that really juicy potent time where the, the soul, uh, is connecting with the moon energy to transmute and move into action. So these are subtle, um, activities and sometimes overt activities. So depending how you choose to relate to these, uh, rhythms in nature is your choice However, I do encourage you to see how they impact nature. So if you near, live near the ocean, you can observe how the tides change over a lunar cycle. If you um, are a farmer, or gardener, you can observe how your plants change over a lunar cycle. And so this gives us a deeper understanding of the biorhythms of the earth system that we relate to and our own biorhythms. And then if you're a male embodiment or a female embodiment, there's also that aspect of yourself that has rhythms that are impacted by the lunar cycle. And so oftentimes this is something that's misunderstood in relationship because we forget that we can be, uh, impacted. And for women, because we have, uh, the ability to make babies, uh, it impacts us differently throughout different seasons of our life. So I thank you for receiving all that. Um, sometimes that helps us understand where we're at But both moons, full moon and new moon, are a great time to just go inward, listen, evaluate, see where you're at, notice where you might have um, needed to grow or been encouraged to grow, but maybe there was fear or retraction or there was expansion. And either is fine. It all works out uh, in the course of our infinite spinning through interstellar space. So so I am going to welcome you right now as we dive into this Dharma talk on the Tao. And the Tao is something that is so beautiful and simplistic, which I, of course, uh, resonate with on so many levels because of even what I named the radio program, Be Simply. Uh, someday to be a radio station uh, is that you know in the human mind and that's what we're doing here on these Sunday talks are really welcoming you to quiet the mind empty the mind and so the Tao is just such a beautiful practice a contemplation because it really encourages without complexity the clearing. What I've noticed as of late, there's a lot of complexity to a lot of things from all belief systems, even through the isms, the Buddhisms, there's all these complexities. And it's almost like we create complexity to negate the simplicity that's there for us. Um, I, you know, I'm a very willing student researcher, investigator. I will read and examine things from all sides because it's part of what I do. If I don't have that capacity, I can't help my clients, um, in the way that I do. And, but oftentimes we get a locked vision. So especially in our spiritual practices, we can have a locked vision as to what feels good to us, because we're attached to uh, what we believe versus what we know. And so in the simplest form is the, the Tao kind of gives one permission just to be. There's no shame. There's no guilt. There's no uh, commandments. There's no uh, precepts. It's really about finding Harmony from within, and what's curious in something like the Tao or the Yoga Sutras because Yoga Sutras, in the simplest form, there is a very simple form, uh, and even in other things, there's simple forms where they just blossom inside of you, it opens up, it awakens, so it's not so oppressive in nature. Um, and I remember hearing uh, Robert Thurman speak once, he's a writer. A teacher a scholar uh, and definitely reincarnated from Tibet anyways he was saying a lot of people choose to be a Taoist because they want to have fun they want to like, dance and drink and uh, enjoy life in a way um, and Buddhism is a little bit more serious uh, and the reason I would just say that that's there is because there's a deeper understanding of cause and effect and that is afforded through that that practice um but still that can actually be simple but we'll talk about that on another day uh but today if you're curious you know about you know a place to place your attention in the simplest form is the just to be in meditation to meet your inner landscape every day your inner code of ethics and then, um, also to meet radical honesty. So not everyone has honesty as an inner code of ethic and our inner code of ethics will shift from maybe over the course of our lifetime, maybe because of our karma. Also, they can shift from one lifetime to the next because of what our uh, life lessons are intended to be. Now, if you're someone of, uh, faith that Is of one life you know one shot one life that's fine that it's the same kind of concept that there's different code of ethics that are important to you because maybe that's the muscle you need to exercise before you go to those pearly gates and so the simplest thing that we can do is just be in seated repose there's no we don't need to like imagine a million things we don't need to like work on a million things in the body those things help Especially when there's stagnation um, in the body, we can use breath, we can use visualization, we can use move maneuvers or moves or postures. All these different things can assist, but in the seated repose is in the simplest form where uh, everything can occur and everything that you could have happen um, on an in medicine ceremony to um, dreaming attention all of that's available on the cushion now it requires patience and um, in in the Tao uh, it's just the simplest most beautiful action you s- are seated and you be and then you will meet adversity uh, resistance all kinds of things in the mental physical emotional and spiritual body And so as a human, we add a lot of complexity and, you know, I always like welcome in. And if you're out there listening and you want to study uh, meditation with me um, and you're ready, you're ready um, to really honor what that is about, it's, it's so powerful because everything's there and it's something that you can access every single day if you choose to meet it. But it's our attachment to phenomena. It's our attachment to all these things that are happening that uh, create the, the barrier between uh, our interactions on the day-to-day basis. It creates the barrier from our capacity to love and have compassion and kindness for others. And it's an imposition, if you will, um, if we have all these things that we have to do So often, you know, even in yogic practice, you know, people will be really fixated on doing the asana, the postures, perfect. But that's really not the goal. (laughs) The goal is for you to like work the kinks out of the body so you can sit in meditation. And so in the Tao, and it's hard to really even put, the Tao into words. So I'm talking about it in ways that maybe can invite you in. If you're curious about it, I have a, a book with me today uh, and I'll read a passage from it a little bit later, but it's the second book of the Tao and it's uh, by Stephen Mitchell and it's a beautiful book. I enjoy it. It was referred to me. I'll give him a shout out by a friend of mine, Colin Huden, who has the living I always uh, link their company uh, below he's definitely a, ta- a Dharma brother and um, dear soul friend and you know oftentimes the Tao finds tea together two of my favorite things and the reason it can't be defined is because it's not kind of like meditation it can't be defined because that is a very unique process that you alchemical process you go through with yourself you are not placing trust outside of you you're learning to trust self from within and it's such a powerful powerful uh, way of being Um, and then it gives you confidence in your exterior landscape meaning your world landscape that you can begin to understand and have great Interactions with the physical world, the emotional world, the mental world, the spiritual world, and they could be joy filled. And there isn't all this uh, hoopla. So, over the years, over my life's journey so far, you know, I've had many things cross my path. um, And definitely, you know, my path is to walk the middle path, uh, not interested in extreme isms or, um, really like having too much complexity, especially in spiritual practice. So, uh, that's why I invite you to, you know, contemplate it, Some things I have to share, uh, then to sit in meditation and receive. So if you'll notice that the process here is more in silence and reception than listening to me, the talking for the moment (laughs) Um, so in the simplest form when we go inward we start to balance our entire being and that still point and that's reached you know that still points reached within is that everything starts to balance and it's not something we grasp for it's not something uh, we're Uh, forcing it arrives it arrives when you're ready and so in our society right now there's a lot of grasping because we are at the end very 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 tipping point of the Kali Yuga and when you know people have said oh it's already ended but it's still going on because we're aware of the darkness and it seems more amplified but at the same time, the the road has been paved, and it's it's a really gaining traction of that golden age, and so there's this beautiful invitation to decide where you want to put your attention. Yet yeah, you know it's it's similar to there's this great movie I don't know the name of it, but it it was really for uh, gosh, cinematically it was just gorgeous, and it was on a battlefield, and these this soldier's journey getting from point A to point B, uh, during world war one, actually not world war two. Uh, but it was, it, this one part was so beautiful because all the soldiers were singing and they were in a forest and it was like the the separation between the destruction and then the beauty all at once. We're kind of in that moment right now. There's all this destruction around us. It's, it's weighing and pulling in on all different facets of our, our being, And then we're also being shocked by the reveals, you know, we're starting to see, you know, the veils are dropping and this is been prophesized about like we would, the veils would drop and then we see, and if we see, we can't unsee. And that's the, the, what is, you know, it's there. And so in, in the Tao, there's this opportunity to completely balance and drop in in that state of harmony in all situations. So of course, on the cushion, mm, piece of cake, I could like go off into retreat for a long time, maybe even the rest of my life, because it's, it's a beautiful, simple existence. So anyone that's gone in retreat has spent a lot of time in retreat. Um, they crave it, they're yearning for it. And we've somewhat been in a retreat for the past couple of years, yet there's been you know, oppression there because we were told we can't do things. I'm talking about an elective retreat, not an imposed upon retreat. And so in the meditative repose, if we go into that retreat, it's sometimes when we come back out into the world, we see um, things differently. And then also we realize that maybe what we were trying to force in that space will naturally arrive. And so I would say from someone that, has uh, been teaching uh, meditation for a long time and teaching health and wellness is that the balancing is a patient process it's not a force process and when we surrender to that when we surrender to that this will take as long as it needs to take it's much more effortless and that's where the dao um, and T intersected about the same time for me in this lifetime. It's very familiar. I've always had an affinity for aspects of these teachings before this one moment. But the simplicity just took away all the complexity. And that's what's happened right now. You know, when we have manipulation upon manipulation upon manipulation. It becomes so complex and then you have people grasping because at the end of Kali Yuga everyone's a little bit like a hungry ghost they're like grabbing and um, just wanting things for themselves and they're like being obstinate and you know creating all a lot of unnecessary boundaries because they're taxed you know and really if you need a quote-unquote boundary all you need is a cushion and a place to sit or the earth and sit down and and meditate for a bit and then get back to it. So, uh, you know, is, and the only time that you really need to walk away from something or someone is if it is harming you, like it's literally harming you, not a perception of harm, but uh, something is harming you or someone's taking from you, um, something's, Over uh, a series of events proven that it is taking. And so often right now in our society, what's happening is people get triggered. And so they start pushing things away. And oftentimes what's happening is things are coming in to support one and they push it away because of those triggers, those fears. And so that's the other powerful practice of the simplicity of the Tao is you sit in, you turn in towards it. You don't run away from it. And that's why no matter what the circumstances is, when there's all this things that are uh, decomposing and deconstructing around us, that we have the opportunity to sit in it and be in it and see what it is, or we choose to run. But when we run, that brings that fear back in versus facing it, facing your inner landscape, In relationship to the outer world. And that's exactly where those code of ethics come in because our inner source, our forte, as we call it, um, is there saying, hey, this is my inner knowing, my inner truth in this moment. And this is what I stand for within myself, for myself. And that gives you your sovereignty. And honestly, Uh, the Tao invites us to be sovereign sovereign with our true nature with the ecosystem around us balance our entire system and be in harmony and it's such a beautiful beautiful place to be Uh, and it's very joy-filled because of the simplicity so it's it's fun you know maybe to like have things that we that challenge us in the sense especially in spiritual it's like the complications that have been imposed upon theological and spiritual texts are astounding and I think because you know some of the people that were touched you know touched in a way that they wanted to share what they had received what they had felt what they had experienced but it's really impossible to put into words. And as soon as we like try to distill, uh, uh, I don't know, a euphoric state or a blissful moment in the spiritual sense, a divine moment, an intersection with what someone might call God, Jesus, Muhammad, all these different things. Once it gets distilled on a piece of paper, it starts to lose its potency. Yet we can use those seeds for contemplation and reflection, but not to oppress us, not to segregate us, not to separate us. And that's why uh, the Tao, uh, even, you know, the five elements invite us to come into harmony with our world system. And it's interesting because uh, from a Native American perspective, at least, from Hopi perspective, and I'm not speaking for them, but it's what I've learned and observed is that the the efforts are for all the benefit of all. And that's how um, I've been taught to pray with them. And then also in Tibetan Buddhism, it's for the benefit of all, all actions because of the deeper understanding of karma. In in the Tao, I I would say it's an invitation to really find solace in self, find peace in self without the oppression of the have-tos in order to get someplace. And the one thing I'll say I, I saw not too long ago, and in reflection of a person I know that's you know you can be put through many things in life. Um, and this woman had been in retreat for like, I think 25 or 30 years under Tibetan Buddhist tradition. And over that time, I love what she hadn't spoken people would just deliver food to her hut where she had been. Um, obviously was able to, you know, have bathroom amenities and stuff like that, but she didn't engage with society. And when she came out, she said, and anyone that's practiced it and that taken empowerments in Tibetan Buddhism, this will make you chuckle, she said that she, all she needed was one uh, mantra, one mantra, and didn't need all the complexity. That was her, uh, what she rove at during that whole time. And that's really the truth. And one of my teachers will say that they're all, they all mean the same thing, (laughs) just brings you to the same place. And, you know, the, the plight in, uh, Buddhism and yoga and Jainism, and I would say in other religions, but these particularly because part of the precepts is no harm, no harm. So never is harm encouraged in the plight to um, take care of something, you know, that's perceptually one way or the other. And so if even in the Tao, there's really that there's no need for harm, because when we're in harmony with our true nature, uh, there's, there's there's no problem. (laughs) there's only solutions and that's what mother nature shows us all day long everywhere we go uh there's harmony Uh, there's not a lot of chaos if you go out into the big wild they're they're not so rowdy it's the humans that are pretty rowdy and this is because we've added so much complexity to our spiritual belief system and it's really uh not necessary at all So today in a moment, I'm just going to spontaneously open this book and see what it has to say. This is one of the things, uh, was so fun to do with, uh, my tea community is sometimes, you know, just to have texts or books that it means something to us that we hold near and dear to our heart and open them up and see what that, um, what occurred, what, what did that feel like, or what, what was there for us? What was the message for the day? And sometimes this can be very helpful. You know, people do this, I would say, with their Bible, their Torah, um, their scriptures, just to see if there's something there to assist them or give them an answer. And so for each and every one of us, we can do this inquiry, um, within self. We can just sit, and be and listen but not listen like you're listening to me right now just on a deeper level listen beyond and you're not going to hear words you're going to get a resonance back you're going to get a knowing back you're not going to get a big story you're not going to get a lot of complexity Um, it's just um, simple really really simple so We will see here. I opened up to this page. I'm trying to um, read the book and talk into the mic at the same time. Uh, It reads. Penumbra said to shadow. When the Tao moves, you move. When it stops, you stop. Don't you find it depressing to have no power of your own? Shadow said, on the contrary, With no decisions to make, my mind is always at ease. All I have to do is follow. You can't imagine how much freedom there is in just going along for the ride. Penumbra said, But how can you know that it's a decision, its decisions are right? Where do you find your trust? Shadow said, Whether I trust it or not, whether or not its decisions are right, When it moves, I move, so I might as well trust it. So I'm gonna read the commentary and mention it after we hear this passage and the commentary Stephen Mitchell shared because that's how he's constructed this book. I feel it might be helpful in this moment and I welcome you to have your own interpretation of what was shared in that passage. Darkness is a good metaphor for spiritual maturity as light is. People talk about enlightenment and that describes one facet of the intricate jewel. But you could just as accurately call it endarkment. We plunge into utter blackness. It becomes very uncomfortable there. This little dialogue presents us with Penumbra, the student, and Shadow, the master, accomplished in the art of stepping out of his own way. Penumbra has some illusory light around his edges. He still thinks he can control what happens. He equates the loss of control with the loss of power. He's projecting on Shadow with utter power, powerlessness what utter powerlessness must feel like. That would depress anyone. Shadow, for his part, is entirely at the disposal of the intelligence that runs the universe. This makes him a very satisfied fellow. For him, trust is a non-issue. It's peripheral, involuntary, a side effect, and a fringe benefit of insight. He's the man in the moon, the mirror image, just waiting for reality's eyes to blink, or its left hand to touch the tip of its nose. Shadow will blink and touch his nose instantaneously. Fascinating. What will it come up with next? So there you go, uh, a good, profound contemplation. And what I would say within that, and in this book, uh, there is um, that, a reading, and then also a commentary, so it gives you a little further based on his translation. So you have the opportunity just like that, you know, it's something so simple, uh, that you can read and you can be with the fact that really everything is and is not, you know, and so, uh, that, that power that you give something is your choice. And so just even sitting with that contemplation rather instantly is that, you know, we move with it we move with nature we move with our rhythm and it's our choice how we want to respond to it how we want to show up and how we want to be with it and right now in our society we're so uncertain because so much information has come to light that we understand that there's aspects that we're ready to let go of yet we had such deep belief in them and to the sentiment of this uh passage is that if we move with the new body of information, if we move with it, we will come to greater understanding with our, within ourself and with uh, the world and the universe around us. In addition, um, I'll just close with that the simplicity that is afforded to all of us in the complexity of the world system and the universe is, I would say, like a nice blanket you can wrap yourself up with and just enjoy, enjoy the simplicity of life rather than creating too much complexity or oppression from things that you might grab onto from the outside world to keep you in checks and balances. Uh, We're working with infinity, so be easy on yourself. Uh, Be kind to yourself, be compassionate to yourself and others. Uh, So we're going to dive into the juicy part, the silent meditation, so you can practice being with all that is and is not in and around you. And I welcome you to have a nice, gentle, upright seated position, if that's possible. And then I welcome you to take a nice deep breath in and out again inhale and exhale again inhale and exhale So gently from there, following your breath in and out. Just welcome you to continue to utilize your breath as a focal point, And then to lock your eyes on a fixed point in front of you. Especially if you have an overactive imagination, please keep your eyes open, stare at that focal point. Uh, there's no need for magic carpet rides during seated repose. And then take a nice gentle breath in and out. So just gently, I welcome you to uh, just bring yourself into Shavasana, reclining completely flat on the floor or bed or sofa, and just lay with your back to that surface, palms face up, and then continue to follow your breath and receive. Taking a soft, gentle breath in and out of your heart center, gently breathing in and out. Again, inhale and exhale. you continue to follow your natural breathing pattern. Just gently breathe in and out. And then as you gently rise up to a seated position, just bringing your hands together in front of your heart, and taking a nice gentle breath in and out again, inhale and exhale one more inhale And exhale. And then gently from there, just expressing silent gratitude for all aspects of yourself. Gently breathing in and out. Again, inhale. And exhale. And then gently from there, just welcoming you to, flow with that breath and if inspired sending some love and compassion out beyond here Uh, and simply put if you choose to flow with the Tao uh, just flow with the rhythm of life honor your inner code of ethics and take time daily for seated repose You'll find from there, it'll expand. It will assist you to rise to your highest and life will become much simpler. There's no need to look back (laughs) because everything that you can honor and receive and learn from is right in front of you. Until next time, this is Suzanne signing out with a full heart a soft gaze, a deep bow, and a namaste. B, simply.
1: When we speak, we aim to please dress our words up to the T in, hopes to impress. God forbid they disagree, or maybe they just don't see, don't let it cause you stress.